really got to try on that left hand side. What happened? <laughs> oh, but I've gone up and over, and Marty had over biscuit. It was a, uh, it was, a, it wasn't enough stability there for myself. But um, no, I was busting for a bit of meat this game. It didn't seem to work out. Hello, cheers, and welcome, welcome, as always, to the Scrum of the Earth, the podcast that offers news, results, predictions, very cool interviews, and just so much more. So, of course, I am David Lawrence. I'm an American rugby fan. I follow as much rugby as I can all over the world, and there's a lot of it right now, that's for sure. Uh, My teams are my New England Free Jacks, uh, of course, my USA Eagles. I do support the Scottish national team. I support the Highlanders in Super Rugby, and recently I've just added to the list Clan Connect down in the uh, in the new URC. So uh, I don't know why, just something about those guys. They're, they're just great. So of course, this is a Scrum of the Earth bonus podcast. So at this time, we're looking a little more deeply at a great and multi-layered rugby union competition in New Zealand. It's the Bunnings National Provincial Championship. So I've frankly been doing a lot of. Ha- uh, <laughs> I've been doing basically a a half-assed job of covering it so far. I've been sort of just providing scores. and So I wanted to circle the wagons a bit and get a better grip on what this league is all about, what this competition is all about. It's a great competition to watch. I already knew that, but it helps a lot if you know what you're watching. So uh, please get in touch whenever you like. Hearing from you is my favorite part of this whole thing. I'm at of Scrum. I'm via the scrum of the earth at gmail.com drop me a line about whatever whenever however you like so obviously as you probably know here at the scrum of the earth we have a reliable weekly format oh just a second speaking of the reliable format my big fat mug of tea i gotta take a sip hold on got locally sourced honey from uh from the north shore and uh pretty happy about it anyway the format goes thusly current updates what is up with me personally uh, news, obviously, what's happening around the world, thoughts of the week, what's interesting or annoying. Uh, then I'll do the reviews and the previews. In between those two bits, of course, we'll do our newest feature, the Diamond in the Ruck, which is just my pick for the player of the week. So every week, that is the pod you'll get, along with frequent bonus episodes just like this one. So uh, thanks for coming along and enjoy. <laughs> Okay, so what is this league that we're looking at today? So its official title, like with so many football leagues around the world, be they rugby or association football, it begins with a primary sponsor whose name you're supposed to say before the rest of the name. So like in NBA terms, it would be, for example, like the Popeye's Fried Chicken National Basketball Association, or I guess more likely uh, the Fidelity National Basketball Association and Investment Opportunities. (laughs) But seriously, uh, so rugby and soccer both do things that ostensibly let them give us a product without all the commercial interruptions that, frankly, plague the NFL broadcast, for instance. Um, So, for example, there's the Guinness Pro 14, or there was, uh, there's the Gallagher Premiership, and in this case, it is the Bunnings National Provincial Championship. I feel sure fans must just call it the NPC, but officially, and therefore, and I I think in all the broadcast and everything, they have to call it the Bunnings NPC. So that's the way that goes, I guess. But, you know, far be it for me to criticize. Now, the the reason I wanted to do this mini bonus app was 
there's just much more to it than I've just now described. So there are two tiers within this competition, and there's the Ranfurly Shield. So I was already all in on the Ranfurly Shield from a couple of years ago because I, I just ended up looking it up and I had randomly heard about it and I looked it up and was like, ooh, I love this. Uh, but the fact that the competition involves promotion and relegation, that was just brand new and kind of eye-opening to me. So real quick, uh, promotion and relegation is exactly what it sounds like at the end of every season. The worst team in the top-level group gets sent down to the lower-level group, while the winner of the lower-level group gets to move up and try their hands at the top group. So uh, it, it's actually really pretty cool, and it adds a lot of extra sort of tension. So. So the NPC is 14 teams, but it's actually two conferences, so to speak, or, or two groups, uh, with one being the premiership group and the other being the championship group. Uh, this is the exact same verbiage you find for the European Cups, uh, which I'm going to get to in a future episode, tease future ep. So in any case, uh, so even though these groups are sort of administratively separate, uh, they do in fact play each other. So as I'm recording this episode... So, by the way, there's a ton of scheduling weirdness going on in this league right now just because of the the multitude of COVID postponements they've had. Like, this this competition supposedly started at the beginning of August. It's really late September now, and they're in round four. So things are definitely screwed up. But uh, So this isn't indicative of what it would normally be. But anyway, out of the five matches scheduled for this weekend – uh, two are sort of intergroup or interleague matchups. I'm not sure what the correct terminology would be. Uh, and that kind of adds an extra layer of excitement as far as I'm concerned. There's these opportunities to sort of punch up. Uh, but as I've said, I'm, I'm very new to this competition. So I, I do wonder if that system also might lead to more blowouts. Is that going to happen? Because that's never any fun for anyone. It's not good for the, the brand or the fans. Anyway, if you're down there and listening and you're following it, please just, you know, let me know what you think. I, the crowds are, again, not as good as I thought they would be, so uh, yeah, I'm wondering what's going on with that, too. Uh, for what it's worth, their official website is surprisingly thorough, and I've uh, linked it in the show notes. Uh, looking at their historical results pages, it's really kind of cool. So you can almost feel how exciting and how tight this competition gets. That added element of promotion and relegation just makes the stakes that much higher. So uh, I looked at 2015. So there's the two finals, the Prem and the Champions. Uh, they were together decided by a total of three points. Hawks Bay beat Wellington 26 to 25, and Canterbury beat Auckland 25 to 23. Three points of the difference over two finals. That is amazing. Imagine if you were watching live at the time. It must have been incredible. Okay, that brings us to the next, you know, layer or wrinkle in this league, which is, of course, the Ranfurly Shield. So, again, there's simply no American equivalent to this, and I find it hugely compelling. So, the Ranfurly Shield is actually just that. It's a wooden shield. It's got little emblems on it. Um, it's even referred to as the Log O Wood, which I love for some reason. Uh, it's basically a, a trophy. It, it's an incredibly important trophy. It's been around longer than any of the organized competitions that have existed over the years in New Zealand. So from my little mini half-assed research, uh, I found that, quote, In 1901, the governor of New Zealand, the fifth Earl of Ranfurly, announced that he would present a cup to the New Zealand Rugby Football Union to be used as the prize in a competition of their choosing. 
When the trophy, a shield, arrived, the NZRFU decided that it would be awarded to the Union with the best record in the 1902 season, and then and thenceforth be the subject of a challenge system. Auckland, unbeaten in 1902, was presented with a shield. The shield, by the way, was designed as a trophy for association football, not rugby. The picture in the centerpiece of it was a soccer one and was modified by adding goalposts to the soccer goal in the picture to create a rugby scene. The alterations to the centerpiece are still apparent, unquote. Love that. It, by the way, side note, if you're curious about the relationship between association football, known here in the U.S. as soccer and rugby football, I urge you to check out my interview with Dr. Tony Collins, a rugby historian and uh, certified genius, as far as I'm concerned. Okay, here's where I'm only half clear, and I hope that if I get anything wrong, maybe the listener will reach out and correct me, but I, I think I have it, but, you know, I just want to make sure. So, essentially, so for years, the ownership of the Shield was based on a challenge system, as I mentioned. Your club currently has possession of the Shield. My club says, hey, we deserve that more than you. Our clubs play against each other. The winner takes the shield back home. So now, because these things were sort of back in the early 20th century, uh, you know, I'm not going to attempt to parse through all the historic challenges or anything and all the back and forths. There were so many strange things. Two world wars happened. Uh, anyway, as we speak today, Hawks Bay are the club in possession of the shield. I didn't even know that in the last uh, several weeks as I've been, you know, quote, covering, unquote, the NPC. Now, uh, according to Wikipedia, so please, a grain of salt and all that, ever since 1976, any team holding the shield in the NPC or the Heartland Championship, by the way, a comp I admittedly hadn't even heard of until they had some games postponed uh, several weeks ago, uh, when playing at home, they are automatically defending the shield. So, a couple of weeks ago, when we saw what I was calling the Battle of the Bays, it was actually a battle for the shield. It successfully defended in this case, quite literally, in overtime. What a match, by the way. Uh, Hawks Bay also successfully held on to the trophy about a month ago against Otago. Please, just imagine that extra pressure. Like, every home game you have is loaded, and each visiting side has this huge extra level of motivation to just, you know, try to wrest control back from you. Oh, it's amazing. Now, looking at this season in particular, so, you know, New Zealand has been so cautious with COVID since the very beginning, and about a million matchups in this competition have been postponed, as I mentioned. So now, again, imagine this extra added pressure. Hawks Bay have defended the Shield twice, like we talked about, but there have been two home games already postponed so they're owed visits by both north harbor and waikato i think they're in good position to take care of both of those but you know as we say over here in the states they don't play the games on paper right in any event again if you haven't yet please check out NBC rugby it's fast paced it's often high scoring the settings are magical the history is ancient the stakes are always high Let's not forget the involvement of the best players in the world. The All Blacks are constantly taking time to work with NPC clubs to try to get the most out of them. Just watch the most recent uh, Renfrew defense that I just was talking about, and you'll see at least three or four capped Kiwis just prowling the sidelines, working as a coach, you know, even playing in the game. Check it out. I'm serious. You won't be disappointed. Okay. I think I've said my piece. I think I've done it as... Good a job as I uh, can explaining the MPC. It, it's a great competition to follow. 
Um, all those little bells and whistles I described, you know, they just make it more fascinating as a, a league. Um, I've talked about how nice it is to watch Connacht play in Galway and some of the venues in this league. Oh, just breathtaking too. So there's always that. So all that being said, my friends, I do not think I will be continuing with Flow Rugby, which is where I get this, um, because it, it, it costs a ton. I am broke and their coverage is often like a burning diaper. So I may have to st- I might have to stick with it for a couple of weeks because I think they'll be carrying my Eagles back-to-back tests against Uruguay to qualify for the 2023 Rugby World Cup but that looks like the end. I I will continue to check scores as I can but sadly after this little app lauding the NPC and talking it up I may have to leave it to y'all to actually watch these games and maybe report to me I if you would be so kind. Um I do see at least one person theoretically listening in New Zealand. If you are that person, please get in touch. You know, just let me know what you think. I'll, as I say, I'll try to list scores and results, but if you can clue me in about the details and what you're thinking, and uh, that'd be really cool. And you know, g- give me an idea about the things on which I should focus. <clears throat> in any event, for me, there's no so-called second-tier comp that gets anywhere near the NPC. As the listener knows, I've been very much enjoying the Scottish Super Six, but. I honestly don't think that even the Southern Knights could hang in, in, in a clash with an NPC squad. I mean, I guess it would depend, as I've just learned, on whether it would be a, a Prem side or a championship side. Oh, now that I'm talking about it, I'm imagining that. Oh, instant thought. Okay, would any of you out there, besides me, watch a second-tier rugby World Cup? Or e- even a club-based World Cup, like the Euro Cup? Oh, man. Well, I'm going to talk about that later. So if you know me... I'll be watching anyway. I hope this has been helpful, not not just for my understanding a league like the NPC, but also for getting the weird but cool things rugby likes to try to do as an international sport. Uh, as you know, American sports tends to take place in the U.S. and nowhere else, and we're notorious for creating leagues that is entirely domestic and then just crowning the winners, the champions of the world. Um, I hope rugby... F- for you, like me, is your introduction to how much cooler sports can be when they're played in the, the, the global stage. It's just, on that stage, it's so much better played. Okay, that was super fun. I hope you all got something out of that as well. Uh, Please keep in mind, there will be another bonus app coming out soon to talk about the European Cups. Once again, another concept and sort of system that just simply couldn't exist here in the United States. For me, you know, it it could be, it could be my favorite rugby outside of the World Cup. I'm just infatuated with it. Uh, Hopefully, uh, what I put together will make you feel the same way. Please tune in. It'll be out there very soon. In the meantime, as always, thank you all for listening. I just love it. Thank you for coming along with me. Cheers. Talk to you soon. And be well. But my finger cooking cookies and you've cooked